It's All Things Considered, and I'm Dave Lawrence. Today we're headed to Jamaica with our off-the-road interview series, remotely connecting with musicians around the world during the pandemic. Hear everything we've done so far online. Just look for the Off the Road banner at hawaiipublicradio.org. Reggae legends Third World are no strangers to Hawaii or the show. We've had their late vocalist Bunny Ruggs Clark as our guest, as well as the group's founder, guitarist and vocalist Stephen Cat Core, whose career began in equally legendary Roots reggae act Inner Circle before he started Third World. You may recall Cat was our guest in 2018 in our Atherton studio, even playing cello for us. And he returns today. A gigantic aloha and mahalo. Huge mahalo and aloha. Huge. So first, where are you right now? And is this where you've been since the start of the pandemic? I've been Kingston, Jamaica. I've been here since March the 18th. That's a D-Day kind of day for us. I went to Anguilla to attend Moonsplash with Banky Banks. And then I flew back to Jamaica on March the 18th. And on the 20th of March, the Prime Minister announced that anyone who had come back to Jamaica as of the 18th had to be quarantined for two weeks. So that's what I did. I was required to call the Ministry of Health just to let them know that I'm okay. And then they called me just to check in to find out if I'm okay. Right. I opted really not to go back to Florida because um, there were no flights. Things, things got a little bit better. One or two flights came, one or two flights left. But I wasn't quick to jump and do it, you know. Right. And then um, it turns out that I was right. Where in Florida is it that you live when you're not in Jamaica? Tampa. Okay. My wife and my daughter are there. Your son there, Shia, he's in Jamaica? Yeah, Shia's in Jamaica and Stevie's in Jamaica. And my other daughter, Kana, they're, they're here. Do you leave your place at all? Give us your daily rundown. Well, the daily rundown is quite simple. I mean, we have to go to the supermarket, we have to go to the pharmacy. That's basically it, the gas station. And you have to wear a mask when you're when you're going into any any places. But pretty much what I've been doing, I've been going out into the countryside on the weekends and I've been making a little film about my take on what's happening. I call it Tiger Tales. I've been staying with some people at this beautiful location where they have a one of the only three slave hospitals where the structures are still there. The old sugar mill is there. I'm talking about Orange Valley. I saw that. This is the old slave hospital. You did a video. That's powerful. Yeah. And I did a lot of stuff exploring up the Martha Bray River and up into the cockpit country, stuff I've never really ever done before, you wow. know? Wow. Yeah. Look at you. You're doing all this positive stuff, keeping yourself busy and, and seeing beautiful sights too, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Give me a little insight into what you're documenting there with the film. Well, it's a good question, but there are a lot of different levels and a lot of different visions. So let's take, for instance, we can't perform, can we? Right. That's one level. So going up into some place in Falmouth and sitting there on the wharf and taking my guitar and singing 96 Degrees and all these town people gather around and stuff. That's the kind of thing I never do. And it it was just such a thrill for me to do that, you know, just to see the love of people, how people feel. And, you know, people are under pressure too. So for, for someone like Catcourt to come into their town and just take out his guitar and start singing, it's kind of like a big thrill for them. And um, it's big fun for me. So... That's one answer to your question. Right. And the next answer is that I go up into the country, find new spots that are isolated. There's nobody there in these places, you know. I carry my instruments, I get a chance to play, I get a chance to express myself, and then whoever is available, 
I get a chance to speak to them interview style and to ask them questions and to find right. out how people feel about this whole change of the world. This old slave hospital. Explain the significance, I guess, of this place and the memories of you recording there, including with your cello. Yeah, my original thing was that I rang up my friends down there and I said, look, I'm really tired of Kingston. I need to get away. And my friend Kathy, she said, come to me. Come and stay by me, man. Get the hell out of Kingston. <laughs> so I said, well, if I'm going to go down, what I should do is carry my cello and film myself playing redemption song in the slave house. Wow. I even had a reggae session in the slave house one night. Wow. Where I set my speaker up and I selected Dennis Brown, Bob Marley, Greg Isaacs. Like a sound system I mean, style thing you're saying. Sound system style, but just with a Bluetooth speaker sitting right there at the slave hospital, you know? It was it was something very special for me. The remains of the building, and there's grass and plants kind of overgrown around it. It, it is very powerful view. Yeah. We don't really go inside, you know. I leave that sacred, you know what I mean? So yeah. I just sit on the stairs and play on the outside. Down by the sugar factory is really powerful, too. It's a powerful place, Trelawney. It's a powerful parish. Usain Bolt comes from Trelawney. Falmouth is a town that had electricity before New York. Wow. Yeah. And it's a site also now of probably the biggest cruise shipping port. But that's only a trivia thing now because cruise shipping is... Over for the moment. Really not happening right now. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But the harbor itself is one in which a lot of slaves were brought to because Falmouth Harbor is very deep. It was a good place for the ships to dock. And the parish itself was good to grow sugar. So a lot of sugar was grown there in the slave times and has a lot of history. But the average Jamaican, even myself, it's something I've never explored before. So I had the time and I had the energy. I did a lot of reading up about the slave house. It was built in 1797. It has lasted centuries. It's just incredible. Just to connect that, not long after the pandemic started, the Black Lives Matter police reform movement became a series of enormous protests, really. It started anew after the killing of George Floyd. But when you talk about your journeys during the pandemic, from the harbor that was deep where the boats could come in, as you were saying, to the hospital, all of these places, it's kind of ironic, huh, when you think about how that dovetails into the protests and one larger issue. Well, it's true. And you're absolutely correct, because it's not so much that the Black Lives Matter thing Really, it was necessarily an inspiration for me. My inspiration was that why I've been playing Redemption Song on the cello and everywhere I go, people always say, please play Redemption Song. I figured to myself, I should take my cello and play Redemption Song in the slave hospital and get it filmed. And this is before the George Floyd thing, right around the same time anyway. So it's kind of like ironic. Right. Yeah. What do you think made that incident with George Floyd have this kind of power to spark the, the wave of protests we've seen that went beyond the U.S. to be this kind of global movement? And also, when you're thinking about the way people have reacted there in Jamaica, Cat, has there been any particular reaction you can share? Um, as far as particular reaction is concerned, Jamaicans have always been on the front line with this kind of thing. But in terms of the, the reaction and the way that it spread across the world, we have a saying in Jamaica that says, every day you carry the bucket to the well, one day the bottom is going to drop out. 
It's just the same thing when somebody says straw that broke the camel's back. Uh, you know what I mean? Yep, totally. Yeah. This is my take on that whole thing. I think that for the longest time, African-Americans, black people, how you describe them, brown, whatever, they have been um, peacefully protesting for years and years. They got nothing done. Nothing got done. All those peaceful protests, you mean to tell me that they couldn't save one life, one guy from being choked to death by some <laughs> kneeling upon his head? Look how many peaceful protests we have had, and that still prevailed. It just reached a point where the pot just boiled over. That's the only way I really can describe it. I can't put it into any more eloquent terms than that. And it spread. It keeps spreading and spreading. Plus, you have to understand that we have a president of the United States who currently makes these things come to our mind much quicker. Hmm. I'm not playing politician here. I'm just being honest. And that, I think, played into the whole reality of Black Lives Matter and people really just saying, hey, you know, what's going on here? It's Stephen Cat Core of Third World, the latest guest in our Off the Road interview series. Hear this segment and everything we've done so far online now at hawaiipublicradio.org. Just look for the Off the Road banner on the front page. And join us tomorrow for the conclusion to our feature and stories about two reggae legends, Damian Marley and the late Toots Hibbert of Toots and the Maytals, who recently lost his life to COVID-19. I'm Dave Lawrence.